I have some awesome news to share. Over the last five years, I've done a lot in my in my in my short startup career. I grew a company from zero to 25k from cold emails. I got Jason Calacanis to invest in that company. I burned that company to the ground on accident, so I have many learnings. And in between that, I learned no code. I learned how to break into Silicon Valley from Phoenix, Arizona. I learned a ton of stuff. And I'm writing about all of it on forwardthinking.substack.com. For $10 a month before June 1st, you'll be able to kind of get a, a, a peek inside of my brain into how I've done what I've done and how I'm doing what I'm doing. I will write about everything I've learned about business and startups and share it with you, but only if you invest in me as a creator and and spend the $10 a month before June 1st. After June 1st, it's $15 a month. So if you want to be a better founder, want to support me as a creator, then go to forwardthinking.substack.com and let's get it. Let's go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Samuel Ian Rosen, who is the founder of TAP. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great, Matt. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. As we were just talking about, super fascinated with what you're building at TAP, so I'm excited to get into it. For people that don't know what TAP is, can you tell, tell everyone what you're working on? Absolutely. Um, TAP is a software drink company. We are creating software to power the what's called refill revolution. I set out on a personal mission two years ago to eliminate the single-use plastic water bottle. And while other companies have come at this from a materials standpoint or a hardware standpoint, TAP is the first software, pure software company in the space. So tell me a little bit about how it works. How does someone engage with TAP? Is it, um, yeah, can you tell me a little bit on detail how someone would like use TAP or or what the product would be? Absolutely. Um, So a couple years ago, when I first said I wanted to eliminate the single-use plastic water bottle, I noticed that I that they, I wanted to refill my, my water bottle, and I noticed there were no drinking fountains on Google Maps, um, which is interesting, because if you're thirsty and you can't find a water fountain, then the only alternative is to go to a convenience store and buy a bottle of water. So I set out uh, with a team to map where the drinking fountains are around the world and literally put water on the map. And the first product that we released is a search engine for water. It's an iPhone and Android app that you can download. And when you open it up, it points you in the direction of the nearest uh, point of refill nearby, whether it's a water fountain in a park um, or a cafe that is uh, willing to refill your bottle in exchange for you coming in their store. Uh, About a year and a half, two years later, so to present day, um, I wanted to take that a step further. Um, And that is now by creating an operating system for all of the millions of drinking fountains out there. Um, So the way a a person would integrate with TAP as we are rolling it out now is they might go up to a water fountain in a place like an airport and see a TAP QR code, which launches a mobile web experience when scanned. And the reason why that QR code might be on that fountain uh, is because 
um, the owner of the fountain, let's say the airport, they want to collect data and information about their, um, their drinking fountains. The first data is how many plastic bottles saved if it has a counter or um, maintenance, like does that filter need to be changed? And the user can interface with the water fountain simply by scanning it, filling out some information, and then we actually reward people for drinking tap through a game mechanism, um, providing them coins that they can use for sustainable products. So really, if whether someone's searching for water or have come up to a water fountain and then are engaging with the QR code, those are really the two main ways that people today hear about TAP. Okay, so this is awesome. And I want to kind of talk about both perspectives or I guess both maybe like types of personas. So I'm curious about the the persona of like a business owner that just someone that has a water fountain um, and they want to get it on your network. Is it as simple as working with you and getting a unique QR code or, or how it, you know, if, if someone's listening to this podcast and they have a water fountain, they want to give this a shot. Like what's that process like to, to kind of get them on the, the network you could say? That's exactly right. So about a year and a half ago, we set out, you know, we allowed any restaurant to join our network or cafe, you know, coffee shop. Um, and in some places around the world, so, so just as a quick caveat, we've indexed 50,000 locations around the world. Um, I believe it's about 30 different countries, thousands of cities, you know, almost three or 4,000 SMBs. So the, the, the challenge has been, you know, when you, when you want a coffee shop to join, what are they kind of getting in return? And what we've come up with more recently, and while the QR codes right now are for public facing fountains, we will be launching a product for uh, SMBs and, and owners of, of restaurants and whatnot that join, where they also, like you said, get a unique QR code. And, and why is that? Well, if you walk in and you say to someone, hey, I'd like to fill my water bottle, um, it doesn't cost the, the owner of the store very much, but they're always asking like, what's in it for me? And you know, I'm sure we could do some type of correlation between how much water you give away to um, how much increased purchases can result. Um, but right now we don't have much data. So the thinking is actually, we're gonna give businesses the QR code and anytime their QR code gets scanned by the person walking in that store who's refilling their bottle there, um, the business owner will be eligible for reward uh, as well for participating in this network. Um, almost kind of like winning the lottery, like a submission to win the lottery that goes out weekly or, or monthly to the cafe or SMB owners as well. Um, but this new QR code, you know, was really for me inspired by, you know, the fact that we had people coming into the restaurants or the cafes, this is obviously pre-COVID, and we wanted a way to have a seamless interaction between the person refilling their bottle and the cafe who would be giving out the water. Yeah, that's, like the incentives are so aligned here. It, it, it's crazy. I, so I'm, what's the dynamic of like, I know, I don't know, in the last 10 years, I don't know who the stakeholders behind this are, but like maybe cities or parks or, or people, you know, put out, you know, these water fountains that were the hardware pretty much right where, you, you know, you, like you mentioned, you can see the filter, it's automatic tells how much, how much you've saved. Um, but that's, that's kind of, that's a lot to do and it's maybe like expensive. Um, are you like, would yep. you can, could you, 
are you kind of like the next generation of that? Would you consider like that model, like almost your competitor or are you, are you friends? Like what do you, where do you see yourself in the evolution of just like that type of product in the last, you know, 10 years and the next 10 years? Yep. Um, great question. So, you know, drinking fountains originally started in the 1800s as a means of increasing public health and, and bettering public health because um, people were dying of waterborne diseases. So by, instituting a public drinking fountain that was clean, people could come get water and know that it's safe. And in fact, a billion people around the world still walk about 30 minutes a day just to get clean drinking water. So let's say we take an airport that has water stations. They currently give away that water for free. Um, my issue as a social capitalist is that that water should not be free. There should be some value, even if the cost to the end user is zero. And that's because the person who installs that station pays for the water. It's obviously not as much as bottled water, but there is a, a economic cost to it. Um, there's maintenance of the machine, there's filters to the machine, and there's the hardware itself. Let's call the useful life 10 to 20 years. And those are fountains from LK to Oasis to Flow Water, etc. So when the owner installs that machine, they've um, essentially given out this benefit but received no economic value in return. Um, because I believe water is a human right, I did venture down the path of saying, okay, what if the user were to pay a very small micropayment to the water fountain? And that is um, to say, you know, let's say I make a micro donation of one penny or two penny, it's still cheaper than a, a bottle of water. Um, and then the owner of the station can, can uh, you know, recoup some of the money that they spend for the cost. The challenge then is I don't think it's easy to shift consumer behavior. So instead, um, I'm proposing more that drinking fountains take on the model of what's called street furniture. Street furniture is um, like Google's, um, or Alphabet rather, um, their Wi-Fi kiosks in New York City called Link NYC. Um, that's part of Sidewalk Labs. Um, street furniture is also things like bus shelters um, or transit centers. Uh, I was at in, um, in Detroit and they had one where you push a button and it, it warms, it's a heater and it warms up the bus and that was sponsored by Chevrolet. Um, or bus stations can be sponsored by a brand on the outside. And, it's providing some type of public benefit or good or utility in return for the eyeballs. I believe drinking fountains are a great opportunity for street furniture um, monetized through out-of-home advertising. So what we do on our QR stickers, we can either list the brand directly next to it saying who the refill is sponsored by or in, in, in the part of the interactive digital experience, um, price, place product or brand placement there for the sponsoring the refill itself because every refill is a bottle of plastic water um, not produced um, so therefore not having carbon emissions associated with the transport and no plastic uh, associated with it as well. So what I see happening is in the same way that Airbnb owns no hotels and Uber and Lyft own no cars, um, TAP wants to be a beverage network that owns no drinking fountain infrastructure. Instead, it provides software solutions for that hardware infrastructure and allows uh, the creation of a marketplace. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. It 
it, it's pretty exciting to think about. I, I have to ask, you know, so far since, since you've started working on it, what have been, um, what's been one thing you've learned about like this market? I feel like it's like a pretty, it's a market when I think of like opportunities, it doesn't like, like kind of point, uh, uh, stand out immediately. But then when you mention it, it's like, wait a second, that's obvious. Why is not everyone working on it? But that's like what makes founders good, right? It's like you see something that other people don't <laughs> see. But like, so with that though, what have been some things you've learned about this market, the, the, the water fountain market, the, the, even the QR code market um, since you started working on tap? Um, I think one of the biggest thing is just how much timing matters. Um, my previous business that I built was a great business idea, but it was less impacted by kind of what I'd call the zeitgeist of culture. Um, yes, more and more people were living in cities, but we really took something, you know, storage and made it with a better brand and more efficient um, uh, using, it was more of a tech enabled business. This, as a you know, pure software company, you know, obviously Airbnb, when, when they launched their software, was the height of the recession in, I believe it was 2008, and um, people needed to rent out a room, and that was, that was kind of the zeitgeist, was, was the, the recession. Here, I think the, the zeitgeist is really, one, the consciousness around plastic pollution. Um, we've all now seen a picture of a turtle with a straw in its nose or the plastic bottles off the coast of an island on a beach cleanup, et cetera. So it's really hard to ignore the consciousness or awareness uh, in people's minds of, of what climate change and plastic pollution means today. The second thing is, you know, the younger generation, um, Gen Alpha and Gen Z, um, I'm a millennial, but the younger generations than me, you know, the water bottle is to them with their stickers as the same way when I was in college with a, a laptop, you know, stickers was to my generation um, or, you know, patches on like a backpack, right? The water bottle really is seen as conspicuous consumption of their identity. And that is something that, you know, playing into how their behaviors today are going to a water fountain and refilling obviously pre-COVID and, and post-COVID at, at a drinking fountain, um, that will continue afterwards. And, you know, you see this behavior change, people buying bottled water, um, only in the last recent years. So when I asked my parents, like, what did you do? Is they like, we didn't have bottled water, we had drinking fountains. But the drinking fountains have largely disappeared in the last 20 or 30 years as bottled water uh, has taken, taken rise. So what I'd say is what I've learned the most is just how much timing of the market is really important in particular for consumer uh, focused products to take hold um, when we launched our app to find drinking stations nearby within about a month we had about 300,000 downloads now after then obviously people didn't need it as much unless they were traveling or something like that but we had this rapid spike because it generated press it hit cnn it hit uh you know Forbes and Fast Company, um, simply because it was so on people's minds of, oh, this is a product that addresses a current market need or, or is at least attempting to, to work on, on something that's a, a big problem today. And, you know, you just mentioned something that's a big problem today. I want you to paint for, for my, my second and last question, paint the future for me. You know, if you, if you have to 
tell someone, you know, tell me your, your 10 year vision, 15 year vision, like what could this be if everything worked out as planned? Um, and, and you get to build exactly what you want to build. What will it look like? What's the vision? Yeah. Tap is a zero waste drinking water network and water is just its first product. We are on the cusp of massive technological revolution in hardware to create water out of thin air. Um, there's something called an atmospheric water generator and they are hardware devices. There are numerous uh, manufacturers of these types of technology, essentially in the same way that a dehumidifier pulls moisture out of the air in a basement. Um, they do that with the atmosphere. And as we approach 2050, where uh, areas all around the world, about 50% of the world will, be, will kind of reach water scarcity, the largest source of drinking water on the planet is not in underground aquifers or what you know and I know as uh, spring water, you know, bottled spring water. Um, it's actually atmospheric water that is condensed and drunk by us. Uh, whether you're, um, you know, in a coast in sub-Saharan Africa or on an island in the Caribbean, you can do this with solar panels creating a closed-loop system um, and, and completely off-grid. That's what we're on the cusp of. If TAP, uh, or rather when TAP creates successful uh, business out of the software side of things, we can enable a marketplace of these types of hardware devices to come online across the world um, for the monetary transaction of no more for the end user than watching an advertisement. If we can bring down the cost of clean drinking water to nothing more than the cost of an advertisement, then we will democratize access to clean drinking water for billions of people around the planet. And to wrap it up, what is something like, that's a very incredible vision? And you're going to need some help. What you know it might be from employees, from customers, from investors, and also the forward-thinking founder community. So, for my last question of the podcast, how can the forward-thinking founder community help you make your vision a reality a little faster? Is there something that we can help with that you might be able to that you might be in need of today? Absolutely. If a forward-thinking founder uh, is listening to this and thinking, "How can I help save the planet?" send me an email, just send it to info at findcap.com. Um, mention you heard us, heard me on the podcast, and I will happily send you QR codes to tag a fountain near you. If you're an investor, we're always welcoming, uh, you know, forward-thinking investors who want to help save the planet. Um, and if you, <laughs> by chance, own a drinking fountain, whether you're a gym or an airport uh, or a university and you've got a fountain uh, on your premise um, and would like software to power your drinking fountain, helping us calculate the, the millions and hopefully hundreds of millions of plastic bottles uh, we save collectively, please reach out at the same email address and we'll make sure to get you our software as soon as possible. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. You're building something incredible. I'm really excited to watch it happen. And um, hopefully someone listening, you know, or multiple people listening can get involved in different capacities. So thank you so much again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I wish you luck building out this vision that you're, that, you're, that you're working on. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Matt, and all the best to you. 
All right, thanks for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want more content like that and you want some more educational content on how to start a startup, how to break into Silicon Valley, how to raise money, I encourage you to go to forwardthinking.substack.com and subscribe for $10 a month before June 1st, where you get access to every post I've written on the topic and every post I've written on the internet in general, um, plus every post I'll write in the future. Uh, One of my most recent posts is about Gary Vaynerchuk's business model, how if in 2020 you're trying to make money the same way he made money in 2013, you're behind. And instead of copying Gary Vaynerchuk, there's a new way to make money on the internet and and kind of a new wave. Um, Another post I wrote is how the rise of avatars are changing the internet landscape and how it is slowly shifting us to a virtual and augmented world without people fully realizing it yet. And I write about this stuff all the time, including tips from my own experience. So if any of this sounds interesting to you and you want a community to engage with about these posts and any of your own interests, I encourage you to go to forwardthinking.substack.com and subscribe for $10 a month. I would really appreciate it as a sub creator. And I think you'll make your money back real quickly after you invest. So I'll see you over there. See you inside Forward Thinking. And I hope you have a good rest of your day.